friends, you may be seated. Lord, as we come now to think together about your word, would you give us yourself and meet us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So friends, today is Ash Wednesday. Perhaps this is the first time that you've ever observed Ash Wednesday or thought about Lent that follows. Perhaps some of you have come from traditions where Ash Wednesday was not only not observed, but was even considered suspect. What is Ash Wednesday? What's it all about? Well, today is 40 days before Easter, excluding Sundays. Sundays are days of the resurrection, and so they're not counted in that 40. And God just simply seems to like to do things in 40s. For Noah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and the world was washed clean that it might be restarted and remade. Moses was 40 years in a sort of an exile out tending the sheep in the middle of nowhere before God appeared to him and Yahweh revealed his name, I am that I am, as, as personally as he did anywhere else in all of the Old Testament. And he called Moses to start a whole new people and in that to form a nation and start a whole new world through them. Moses was 40 days on Mount Sinai. He was receiving from the very finger of God the words and principles of justice and ordering for good in that new society. Moses was 40 days interceding, imploring God when the people were stiff-necked and hard-hearted, and Moses was imploring God to stay with it, to stay with his great plan of a new world and not to abandon it and give in, give up on them. In the Exodus, the scouts were 40 days scouting out the promised land. The people, when they said it was too hard, were 40 years wandering, 40 years being chastened again to make a fresh start. For some mysterious reason, 40s in the scriptures are times of trial. They're times of shifting. They're many times times of suffering, and yet they are times in which the trial and the shifting and the suffering lead to significant acts of God towards his redemption and remaking and forming his new and whole world. So it's true. Ash Wednesday is not in the Bible. This morning we had service for the student body here at Gordon-Conwell. Gordon-Conwell is a school that takes its biblical exegesis work very, very seriously. It's the second time I've ever preached at Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. Chapel here. I'd love to preach in Chapel Hill too, being a UNC grad myself. Second time I've ever preached in Chapel here. I have to say it's a little daunting to get up in Chapel here with a whole bunch of faculty scattered out throughout the pews and preach about something that isn't in the Bible at all. But somehow, by God's grace, we managed it. So Ash Wednesday, it's true. It's not in the Bible. But significant 40s are in the Bible. And somehow God uses them. God used them in Jesus' own life. 40 days after Jesus was born, his mother took him as the law required to the temple to present him to the Lord. And it was in that visit that Simeon prophesied perhaps the earliest prophecy 
of Jesus' cross when he was born and alive among us. Simeon looked at Mary and he said that a sword would pierce her soul as well. Jesus then, when he became an adult, when it was time for him to start his work, he was baptized and then we're told that immediately he was driven, strong language, driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus then, in the wilderness, with the wild animals, the second Adam, resetting the dominion that we had squandered in sin, resetting what it means to be a human being created in the image of God. And so the Satan sees this and comes against him, and they go, mano a mano, and Jesus stands him down. And the Satan is put on notice that the temptations that worked once aren't going to work this time. And in a sense, the battle is already beginning, even then, to be won. So Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday begins Lent. Lent is itself, yes, not in the Bible strictly, but Lent is a kind of an amalgamation of Jesus' 40 days of temptation with walking up to his cross. So blame it, blame it on love and honor. Blame it on the fact that we desire to bond to our Lord Jesus in his path to his cross, body and soul. And in Lent, we bring the body into it with the soul as well. Ash Wednesday is the day, one of the most solemn days in all the church calendar that begins that. We begin with facing that reality which is universal amongst humans, but that reality which we most profoundly desire to deny, and that is that we will die. We face that on Ash Wednesday. It's the only day in the church's calendar. The church is not dour. It's the only day in the church's calendar where we are explicitly called to face that hard reality. I can't think in my lifetime, certainly not in the relatively short years of my ministry, of any year in which we collectively would be more glad that Jesus walked on this earth and did not deny himself the pain of walking into the hardest human reality. Jesus himself walked all the way to death, and he experienced that thing which we most dread and most fear and try hardest to deny, even subconsciously all the time. If ever we rejoiced that Jesus identified with us even unto death, it's this year. We've all been told, we've grown up in just in the swimming in the water, that everything's progressing. We watch the amazing technological advances, and they're wonderful, and they help us in so many ways. We're just taught that everything's progressing, and implicitly, at least, we go along with it. We agree. But we've experienced in these past several months a worldwide pandemic. It's been put very close before us that we will die. And people near to us have died. Even we here who have not died, we've suffered still isolation. We've struggled with 
loss of social skills, of confidence, of days, weeks, months, of getting off track, we're no longer on track in life, of income perhaps, of a business perhaps, of innocences, and yes, of loved ones. I did not lose a family member during COVID. I did not lose someone close to me in that way. But as a priest, the funerals in which members of families could not really be together and could not grieve together and friends and others could not join and give due honor to the one who had died. A pandemic has come into our lives and reminded us that we are frail and we are vulnerable. Other realities happened in that hard stretch as well. We've been told that we're always progressing to an ever better society and ever better way, but social injustices and prejudices were no longer hidden or deniable. Some of them we found we're not progressing. We may even be pointedly worsening. Our democracy was severely threatened and tested in ways that many of us could never have imagined. And now, even right now, pointedly right now, as it is the wee early hours of night morning in Kiev, even now in Europe, realities that we all swore would never happen again are happening. In some way, you have to connect a few dots, but it's real. In some ways, they're literally fueled by Western society's consumer life, writ large, and our dependence upon the gas and oil, which has enabled a certain tyrant to have the power that he has. For many of us, these big picture things have been scary and painful and real. For some of us, it's just simply been closer, more personal, losses of loved ones. It's not been easy these past months. It hasn't been a 40 for us. It's been roughly 25, roughly 25 months, but that's been enough. And so, friends, the grief that you have suffered and are still suffering It's a kind of an involuntary fasting that's been pushed upon us. Involuntary fasting is the most bitter. We didn't get to choose what it would be that we would do. We didn't get to decide how far we would take it. We didn't get to decide the limits and the structures. It's visceral. It's numbing. It's unsettling. It's a darkness of a shortened horizon. But friends, there then are realities now that we have to accept our part of our story. We don't make a peace with it in some ways. We certainly don't rejoice in them. We don't approve of it. But they are part of our story. And when we face them and say they are now part of our story, all that that does to us, Our hearts can be driven by that pain to bond ourselves ever more closely to our Lord Jesus who purposefully walked the way to the cross and purposefully identified with us even in that most painful of human experiences. 
This Lent, friends, let us make spiritual pilgrimage these next 40 days with Jesus to his cross. Jesus' own work in life was bracketed by 40-day periods. The presentation before his birth, or excuse me, before his, after his birth, but before his ministry, the temptation to begin his work. It's not a 40, but he turned his face, we're told at one point, he turned his face as flint to Jerusalem, and he began purposefully to make his way to his death. He called it his hour, his appointed hour. And following his death and his resurrection, a most magnificent 40. For 40 days, he appeared amongst his followers. And he loved them and he convinced them that it was him. And he convinced them that he had indeed triumphed over our enemy death. And that, friends, was another preparation for God's great move. Jesus, at the end of those 40 days, ascended up into heaven, was seated at the throne. And then 10 days after that, his spirit was given to us that he might live in us and we might walk with him. Very forward his great acts of love and redemption for the world. His ascension was a groundwork for God's whole new world. The day when the kingdom of God will be realized, consummated, when the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas, when the tree of life will be restored, its fruit for the healing of all peoples, when every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, even the tyrants, even the ones who seemingly can do whatever it is they choose to do. Every knee will bow. So dear friends, a little later in this service, as you make your way forward to receive the imposition of ashes, ashes imposed, note the verb, imposed upon you, imposed upon your forehead, note the place. Know that you are in that act of coming forward to receive ashes. You are confessing two things. The first, you are confessing that you are frail and you will die and you are utterly dependent upon the gracious, steadfast love of our God. And the second, you are confessing that Jesus has passed through death already, pioneering a way for you to pass through as well. It's the cross, after all, that marks you in ashes on your forehead. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for pioneering the way. Thank you for walking with us into the deepest places of our lives. So dear friends, on Ash Wednesday we pray the litur- the litany a list, the litany of penitence. It's the only liturgy during the year when we pray this extremely somber litany. 
So I invite you to kneel if you're able or to remain seated and to join together as we come before our God and confess our sin and our need. God the Father, have mercy on us. God the Son, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Most merciful God, 